How many more records can he break? Will it be a record-breaking day? Will it be a record-breaking career? It already is. And then some. The Sun Bowl? Can't wait for it. You are locked on UCLA. Your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this ed- edition of Locked On UCLA. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast because this is Locked On UCLA. And the Bruins, well, we've already talked a little bit about the defense, Bill McGovern, and the lack of star power on pitch side of the football defense on offense. Now let's talk about the defense, what UCLA can do offensively this time, and how many records can DTR break? Well, we'll start with Dorian Thompson Robinson slightly as the lead and also what he can break. DTR needs 285 passing yards in this game against Pitt to break the all-time career passing yards leader in Cade McNown. So for Cade McNown, we saw DTR already pass the likes of Brett Hundley. DTR already has total offense record, the completions record, touchdown passes record, QB starts record, which is one would think so after five years of starting games for a total of 47 and touchdowns accounted for as a UCLA Bruin. So for what was funny, I actually typed into Twitter, just type in uh, DTR record, see what people had said. And I saw an old tweet five years ago. I forgot who the count was. It said if DTR plays three seasons in a Chip Kelly led offense as a starting quarterback, he would break every UCLA quarterback's offense known to mankind. And no, I did not tweet this. I'm not highlighting myself. I forgot who it was. It was a random tweet. And what's funny, though, is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you think about it, has had three seasons, mixture a little bit of 2020, and here he is breaking all sorts of record, started as a very raw product coming out of high school from Las Vegas, from Bishop Gorman, and now here he is having a nice, wonderful UCLA career and rounding it out at the Sun Bowl as Bill McGovern already confirmed when he's back for 23, Bill McGovern is, and that DTR is playing in the Sun Bowl, something that could change at any time before the game. So for DTR and the Bruins, this is an offense that is going against a pretty interesting Pitt defense. Just like their offense, Pitt is severely undermanned when it comes to their defensive individuals as to who's in and who's out. Well, for UCLA, this is the numbers and everything going through that they're going to be dealing with against a Pitt defense that at full strength is actually pretty solid. A team that was eight and four, they've won four in a row. They're red hot coming to the Sun Bowl if they had all their pro- all their players. Again, let's go over the UCLA offense of the regular season. They were one of four teams during the regular season where the Bruin offense and total offense to average 500 yards a game. They did it seven times during the 2022 regular season, most recently against Cal to end the season. They had Tennessee, who Pitt faced, ironically enough. You had Oregon and USC because the Pac-12 this year turned into Big 12 West when it comes to offensive somewhat shootouts, points, yards, everything in between. UCLA is the only team in the country that has had 300 yard, 3,000 yards passing and nearly 3,000 yards passing. They have 2,900 yards rushing. So for UCLA, they could be the only team in the country this year, depending on how things shake out in the bowl. And I know you have all the college football playoff and the national championship game, so they're going to have 30 billion games left. 
but UCLA could be with a 100-yard rushing game just in this game alone combined between all the rushers on the likes of the Friday game against the Sun Bowl, where UCLA could be a very balanced team between the 3,000 passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards, eclipsing 6,000 yards overall of total offense, which has been done few and far between in UCLA lore. Again, DTR needs 285 passing yards to pass the all-time leader in K. McNown, and then those are the things to look for in terms of numbers against the Pitt defense that now as we start to look towards them, Pitt has not allowed 500 yards of total offense at all this season. What have they done? They faced Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. Of course, that was before Tennessee got all the hype, but that was a big-time matchup, went to overtime in Pitt, and against Hendon Hooker, who was a Heisman candidate for almost the majority of the year when he was good before he got hurt, they allowed 325 passing yards versus Hooker, forced a couple of turnovers overall, six punts, against Tennessee's offense and only allowed about 415 yards of offense. So this is a pit team who has faced one of the other four teams in the country that average 500, that averages 500 yards of offense, albeit at home in a true home game. They did not allow 500 yards anytime this year. Although North Carolina came close when they took down Pitt pretty easily 42 to 24 in Pitt's most recent loss about a month and a half ago. So UCLA is facing a team that, hasn't seen the significant outburst offensively like the Bruins have done this season as consistently while they did hold down Tennessee. Pitt, it's a little different facing this UCLA offense, but one thing DTRs be aware of is this. This is a Pitt secondary, yes, a little bit hampered based on opt-outs and whatnot, that one leads the country in most interceptions returned for touchdowns. Yeah, we remember that number USC in terms of turnovers and interceptions. They were a ball hawk secondary. And while Pitt only has 10 interceptions this season, not even in the top 50 in the country, just about, Pitt has four interceptions returned for touchdowns. And so they're a team that forces turnovers and turns it into touchdowns. That's the number one mark in the country tied with two other programs. So if DTR isn't careful with the football, which we saw a couple of times later in this season, then Pitt can really get into this game depending on who plays. If they play like the regular season selves of 2022, they can get in this football game simply because of defensive scores and staying in this one against UCLA, which has to avoid the turnover. And another key component for this pit defense is they really rush the quarterback. They have the second most sacks in the ACC behind Louisville. They have 45 sacks as a team this season. Super impressive number, right? Number, oh, I buried the lead there because Pitt, just because they're second in the ACC, they're actually second in the country when it comes to sacks defensively, just because they're behind, I believe, Louisville, they actually have the second most amount of sacks in the country. They just happen to be in the one conference where they would lead the conference in sacks. So this is a team with 45 sacks, number two in the country, number two in their own conference. So they get after the quarterback. And oddly enough, UCLA's offense this year has faced four of the top teams in the top 25 already when it comes to teams with sacks this year. USC, Utah, Washington, and Bowling Green. And between those four games, if my math serves me correct, UCLA only allowed seven sacks to the top, to four of the top 25 teams already. Now you're facing the best team at rushing the quarterback. Yes, we'll get to their defensive players who are out in a moment, but this is a team that prides themselves on one in some key moments, 
where they've turned interceptions back to touchdowns. If you remember, they won that early game September 1st, did pit against West Virginia against JT Daniels and company, and a crazy interception returned for a touchdown to end that game. And they've done it four times, and they rushed the passer, which lends itself to bad throws, and you get a lob pass, you get a bad pass on off balance from the quarterback. Well, it can get returned with a good blocking scheme and back for a touchdown. So UCLA has to, one, protect DTR, and two, make sure no costly mistakes turn into easy points, resulting in six the other way from a costly miscue that could cost them the game and a game that UCLA should truly control. We already talked about who's going to miss on pit side offensively. Let's talk about who they're going to be missing defensively, but not before we talk about some bet online because, you know, we, we believe these Bruins, you can bet on them that they're going to win, but just know that bet online is your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, and a new analysis this year. Latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, college bowl season, basketball, they've got it all with Bet Online. If you love podcasts with your sports betting analysis, you're going to love everything found with Bet Online as well. Fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts, where it starts. All right, segment two, locked on to UCLA, talking more Sun Bowl action for the Bruins, focusing more on the offense because DTR can be playing and while we'll talk about who may or may not or what it might mean alongside them coming up ucla who are they facing on the pitch defensive side of the football so already led hey this is a team that runs rushes the quarterback number two in the country in sacks leads the country amongst a couple other teams when it comes to interceptions return for touchdowns which can be a fluky statistic either way they've won key games with that stat already and if ucla isn't ready in a bowl game a fluky interception return for a touchdown can happen and lead to a bull loss, if not a stunning bull loss, in the Sun Bowl out in El Paso. So for Pitt, one, they'll be without Kalasia Clancy, who is a defensive tackle, first-team All-American, unanimous stud, leads the team in sacks, and led the team when it comes to tackles for loss. He was a stud. Clancy, big-time baller for the likes of Pitt. You have Brandon Hill, who is a second-team All-ACC product in 2021. I believe he had an interception for a touchdown this year. If Deslin Alexander, 16 and a half sacks, 29 and a half tackles for loss in his pit career. And then Servokia Dennis, the linebacker, who has seven sacks and 94 tackles this season. Uh, the 94 tackles leads his team in seven sacks, is second on the team. So between these four players, of the 45 sacks Pitt has as a team, that is almost 20%, close to half, not 20, 20 sacks combined between those four guys. Almost half of their sacks, barring even more, that are going to be missing for Pitt come this game. And if, you know, Habakkuk, he, he decides to step out and not play for Pitt, another key defensive lineman, another key rusher for Pitt. If he doesn't play, they could be without five standout defensive players, counting about eight to 10 players that are may not be playing for Pitt in terms of starters. So half of that pressure may not and will not be playing in terms of guys opting out either injury or NFL draft-wise because they want to preserve their bodies for the NFL draft, just like UCLA's Kaz Allen, who's been listed as unavailable, but questionable for some reason he may or may not suit up. Either way, does not matter there. So UCLA, despite facing a pretty undermanned Pitt offense, who's got to go with their backup quarterback, their number two running back, and they're going to be facing a lot of second stringers 
for the pit defense that will be up to speed with a, a pit defense that has been finding ways to win and get after the quarterback and force some turnovers, albeit not at ridiculous clips like what UCLA's face against an SC earlier this year, but still they know what they're doing and they can scheme appropriately against Pat Narduzzi's bunch who has found ways to not give up 500 yards in a single game this season, something that UCLA has done almost exclusively pretty much throughout the majority of the season, except remember that pretty stunning Arizona loss. Can the Bruins be as explosive as they've been all season? Well, one would think UCLA would with a lot of these players. These are all guys, Alexander, Hill, Dennis, Clancy. These are guys who are key up front for Pitt. If both teams were at full strength, this would be a fantastic, fantastic game. Although this could still be a good game. It's just the fact that, hey, it might not be as entertaining as it could have been, or at least, you know, on paper, you get all the stars on both sides, two teams, two programs that haven't met in 50 years, a Sun Bowl that is widely appreciated by all the locals out in the Texas El, pa El Paso area. So these this is a game that could be even more remarkable, but yet UCLA is facing a team that is without arguably the best running back in the country. Some of the best front seven with Pitt missing, as I mentioned, all these guys who are going to miss 20 other sacks, other 45 missing, if not even more, depending on any more late opt-outs in this game or any injuries to sustain, hopefully not in this game, against UCLA. So again, this is what the Bruins are dealing with. Pitt a little undermanned offensively, significantly undermanned defensively. This is clearly a game UCLA, with all they're bringing defensively, with all they're bringing offensively, availability-wise, especially simply Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing in this game, and even a Jake Bobo, whether Charbonnet plays or not, UCLA clearly should go up and down the field and be the first time this season Pitt gives up 500 or more yards. That's my takeaway. That would be my prediction, which we might get to later in an episode or two before the Sun Bowl. But I think this is, one would think, a recipe for success for the UCLA offense, albeit if they played in the regular season, it would have been a very intriguing matchup to see how this one would have played out. In the meantime, we'll talk about what does this mean for the UCLA offense based on certain results and who's going to play and who's not going to play. What does this mean for the UCLA offense? Well, I'll tell you, but just know if you're hanging with friends, like we all will be during the New Year's Eve celebration, during the Sun Bowl, New Year's Day, Rose Parade, all those things, just know if you're putting back a few drinks, a few becomes too many, the evening comes to an end, you should probably think about calling for a ride, right, as people start to head out. Even though you live nearby, you can make it home okay, right? There's nothing that can go wrong, right? What are the odds you get pulled over? And well, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car. God forbid you kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. Those results are tragic and almost always deadly. However, it doesn't mean that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. Don't do it. There's no reason to do it. We got so many rideshare apps. There's so many ways. Just call ride. It's easy. So if you think you're okay after a few drinks, go plan your ride. Plan ahead. You can book it early. You can book it already. Just like when I'm going out to work, doing play-by-play -play work, going to get a ride. You can get a ride. If you're having too much fun, you get a ride. Book it ahead. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over.
In the meantime, as you wrap up Locked On UCLA today, we're going to talk about, hey, who play, who is playing and who isn't, how that could help filter out the lineup for 2023 in terms of UCLA returners. So the Bruins, Dorian Thompson-Robinson expected to play, start, premiere, try and break more records. Already the holder of the likes of at least five records, could have six if not even more, barring a crazy single-game bowl performance. If he tries to replicate the craziness of that Washington State game back in 2019, either way, UCLA has a quarterback who will be remembered for a long time, whether it's because he didn't win the big game or he was exciting and his hurdles, whatever it is, DTR is playing. And it's highly unlikely, I mean, at this point, considering Bill McGovern came out and told the media, saying, hey, he is playing, and barring a late opt-out, he'll play, and we won't see any Garbers who won't get a trial period to try and win a job or even decide to have a highlight reel tape and then hit the portal. Those are all kind of out of the question at this very moment at the recording of this podcast just before the 29th of December. Charbonnet has been suiting up in practice, some first-team reps even taking some plays off. So kind of up in the air. One would think he takes it off, you know, especially after, say, one Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina is in the portal, played for his team in his last game, and got hurt. And that's a guy who could go make big bucks elsewhere in the transfer portal, which for Charbonnet, of course, a little bit different going to the draft, high draft prospects and all that. Would he risk it? Does he want to play? Is he just there to enjoy it? All the Bruins are expecting to be there at the Sun Bowl, just not all available to play. So it's not fully clear if Kaz Allen's going to play. They looked at the various UCLA reporters. Kaz Allen most likely not going to play, but still very interesting who fills his spot. So one for Charbonnet, not expected to play. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. He is kind of up in the year at the moment. If he plays, I want him to run for 5 billion yards, right? That would be awesome. Have a big performance, go out with a bang, put all their NFL draft prospects on him, get everybody all who hooping and hollering over him before the draft comes up. If he doesn't play, that means it's a battle between Keegan Jones, TJ Harden, as to who can take the number one, maybe number two spot as a running back in 2023 battling with Anthony Adkins because whoever is running back number two and gets a lot of run time in this game or is running back number one can really put themselves ahead prior to a spring practice, those winter offseason workouts, which starts with bowl preparation, but then works its way into early late winter practice, early spring practice throughout the summer workouts and into fall camp. And again, UCLA has a good tendency to pull out good transfer running backs. Josh Kelly, Britton Brown, one Zach Charbonnet. Adkins can certainly fill that bill as that big-bodied running back, maybe more to a Britton Brown than, say, a Zach Charbonnet. Could the likes of a TJ Harden or a Keegan Jones be more of a speed back that can show showcase, hey, could they do that Charbonnet impression moving forward as a returning back? Well, that's this is a good chance, if they get to play a lot, to have that opportunity. Jake Bobo is expected to play, so we won't see too much on the wideout front except Kaz Allen not playing would give Logan Loya, who does have another year plus of eligibility, the former Bosco product, give him some chance to get some playing time. So as we saw, he had a big touchdown catch running underneath the seam, a little dump off pass against the Utah pressure and getting it off what seemed to be a game ceiling touchdown at the time against the now Pac-12 champion Utah Utes. Could Logan Loya be one of those slot receivers that gets a key moment in this game and prepares himself for a 23 role? I know UCLA does have two four-star receivers coming in. They got the Oregon transfer at tight end. Maybe receptions might be tougher to come by in the slot going forward. But if Loya stays a Bruin 
and he can ball out in this game with Kaz Allen not playing, with him being number two listed on UCLA's depth chart. I mean, those things are wrong all the time. Trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Still, he's listed as number two on the depth chart. That could be a glorious opportunity for him to win. So one looks like, hey, if DTR plays, the quarterback questions, uh, they won't worry till fall camp of next year between Dante Moore, Schley, and which of the returners stay for an epic quarterback battle. Two, look, who is the running back number two that vaults into number one? If Charbonnet plays, expect UCLA to put up 500 yards and have a fun time doing it. If not, is it Harden? Isn't Jones? Jones is number two on the depth chart. He maybe would get that first crack at a chance to earn a good, solid 23 position as in one or two back in a dual back system, potentially with the incoming Army transfer in Anthony Atkins. And then I always like to highlight the receiver with Allen out. Logan Loya might get that first chance. We'll see if anybody else slots in and gets more opportunity against Cam Brown, Titus Mokiel, Atimilala. Those are guys who can all battle for a good, a key significant starting position with Bobo gone and then with Kaz Allen going to the draft. So a lot of receiver jobs open. Which of those guys can step up in the bowl game and become key contributors in 2023 with the new you know, signal caller, but still earn those spots and those reps now from the bowl practice into the bowl game and heading into hopefully what is a triumphant part of the offseason and leading into the last season of the Pac-12. Those are all my thoughts, notes, wonders heading into the Sun Bowl. Again, we'll have maybe one more episode, whether it's brief, whether it's a full episode, not entirely sure at this moment, but we will have one more episode before the Sun Bowl, the morning of. I know it's an early game. We will have our reaction because all you guys love that. After the Sun Bowl, win, lose, or heartbreak, whatever it is, it will be a fun time. This has been Locked On UCLA. We'll talk basketball heading to the Pac-12 portion of the season coming up. In the meantime, go make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, and it's available on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for your support. We love it. Go follow Locked On Bruins on Twitter. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You. C-L-A, UCLA, fight, 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 go be pit. Let's do it. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.